Welcome to Lost in Twin Peaks. Today we cover the mythology first by finishing our story recap and reflections that we've been doing for the past few days, uh, now focused on the events that happen in what we could call the spirit world, so organized by location, these locations that don't quite fit into physical reality, and then we'll dig deeper with the lodge lore section. Now, I avoid all spoilers in these podcasts, uh, as I say at the outset every week. Um, this was originally recorded for my patrons with some spoilers included. So there may be a few awkward edits here and there. I wanted to make sure that uh, for those listening, watching along uh, as they listen for the first time, that uh, they don't get anything spoiled. So if if you hear an occasional awkward uh, blip or transition, that may be why. The final storyline we're going to cover is the spirit world. Uh, in the Red Room, Cooper sees Mike, the one-armed man, he sees Laura, who repeats a lot of the lines from episode two of season one, but she adds some additional lines. Like, for example, she says, I feel like I know her, blah, blah, blah. But then she says, I am Laura Palmer. I'm dead and yet I live. And she removes her face and this blinding light shoots out from it. And then she repeats the motions from that episode where she walks up to Cooper, she kisses him, and then she's swept away after she whispers something in his ear. Um, the whispering in her ear is the in his ear is the same, except in the original series he smiles as he hears it, and this time he grimaces, and then she screams. She's pulled away. Something has happened. Mike returns. He leads him to the arm, who is no longer a little man in a red suit, but a tree with some kind of brain or chewed gum stuck to the top branch. I loved this when I first saw it. this. Was maybe my favorite thing about the premiere was the fact that they came up with this character. I just thought it was hilarious. I loved it. It's so Lynchian. So the arm reminds uh, Cooper of his doppelganger. He tells him that he can go if the doppelganger returns. But when Cooper tries to leave, he can't get out. Like he can't push his way through the curtain. He's diverted in another direction. He runs into Leland Palmer. Leland tells him to find Laura. And then finally, Cooper opens a curtain in another area. He sees Mr. C driving down a highway. And then the arm's doppelganger leaps up it's got it's the same thing as that little tree except it's got a yellow head it screams non-existence and then cooper falls through space falling through the starfield of course i've talked about where he ends up already uh, in the uh, glass box there's a moment in this that's interesting where he sees mike he, he look he's looking at mike in the couch and then he turns his head and he sees mike on another side of the red room and it reminds me a lot of uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey at the end of the film with Kira Delia, uh, who is, is sitting at the table and then he looks and he sees an older version of himself and then he sees another version and he just gets kind of gazing around the room and it introduces different versions of this character. And I think that'll repeat later on in the series. One other moment in the in the spirit world in this episode is where the giant lives. Uh, in this, it's just a black and white sequence with a phonograph playing. And giant says, listen to the sounds. He says, remember 430 and Richard and Linda. There's also some bonus footage if you watch part one by itself where uh, the fireman's sitting in the room and the phonograph keeps playing and making its weird sort of cricket sounds as the credits roll. But I watched this as a two-part, so I didn't see that sequence this time. Also in part two, some storylines come back. One of them is the Palmer family. Uh, we see both Leland and Sarah, and at this point I think it's fair to branch these off into different stories. In, in uh, uh, Leland's case, similar to the... Uh, Laura's spirituality story. It just falls under the spirit world red room category, at least for now. That's where we're seeing him. Uh, Laura's spirituality 
now that we're seeing her again in the red room, having aged, but still somehow I'm dead and yet I live and everything she says there. Uh, that storyline has been present since way back in uh, early in season one when we saw her face superimposed over Donna and Sarah had that vision and then saw Bob. That was kind of the first seeds of this and now it's flowed into this. But at this point, it's not really an independent storyline anymore. It just sort of falls under the spirit world red room category. From the Cooper, Annie, and the Lodge storyline that coalesced in the season two finale, uh, in the spirit world, we have Cooper stuck in the Lodge. So that's kind of detached from this larger plot, but that's something that emerged in that season two finale. It originally formed way back in season one, episode five, episode four, as it's colloquially known, where we start to learn Cooper's history. That's a thread that led all the way to him in the lodge in the end of that season. How about the lodge lore? What do we find out in this episode for that? We see the experiment in the box. Now, what's interesting is there's a line through her neck here. I don't know if that's just a shadow to me, it suggests she has something to do with Ruth being beheaded. And I think it's interesting that when they go to that, they find that bed in South Dakota, they see uh, Ruth's, uh, basically a woman's head on a man's body. And if you look at uh, this this creature in the glass box, it could be a man's head, a decayed kind of head, on top of a woman's body. I wonder too, this creature attacks the characters when they're making love. Is sex what attracts her? Or is she attracted by some sort of feminine energy and male attraction to that? We also meet a woodsman who looks quite different from the woodsman in Firewalk With Me. And Glastonbury Grove is back on screen. We actually hear a little dark mood woods music in an episode that otherwise has very little score on the soundtrack. It's got quite a lot of sound design and ambiance, but there's not a lot of music cues, which is very unusual for Twin Peaks if you look at the old series. There's some sort of theory that Hawk was supposed to meet Cooper this particular night. He says something's supposed to happen this night. And there's this whole idea that actually maybe Cooper was supposed to come out then. And he didn't and something went wrong. And I'll link that below. I don't quite remember the theory. I'm not doing it justice. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I have a lot of questions, but I think it's worth reading. We do get to see the evolution of the arm as well as, as part of the lodge lore in this episode. You know, that it's evolved into this tree. That's obviously because Michael J. Anderson uh, didn't want to come back. He had his own issues. This is Lynch's pretty inventive uh, way to bring that character back, which is a lot of fun. We also get a flashback to the final episode, one of the few kind of overtly expository moments in this premiere. And we learn that Cooper can leave the lodge only when the doppelganger re-enters it. That's an interesting dynamic. The idea is that only one Cooper can be out in the world. Mr. C also shows a card with this weird scratched symbol on it. It's like a round circle with looks like maybe ears or some sort of horns coming out of it on top. There's a lot you could read into this. It looks a lot like a bloated owl cave uh, symbol, the symbol that you see on the ring and in the owl cave in uh, season two. And uh, I mean, that that's certainly not a coincidence. That's definitely not a coincidence. It's obviously supposed to resemble that. There's also some animal correspondences. People thought it looked like an ant from Dumbland. They thought it looked like maybe a rabbit, you know, with folded over ears. It's not about the bunny, so to speak. 
And also, I thought it looked kind of like a black dog, like the black dog runs at night, you know, which we never found out more about other than just that song on the soundtrack of Firewalk With Me. Mr. C gets in touch with Jeffries, who's at this point a pretty supernatural figure and was always a conduit to the Lodge world. But is it actually him? I'm not sure about this. People really seem to conclude it's not Jeffries just because Cooper questions it. But I don't know. It doesn't sound like the voice of the guy who says Jeffries. There's no Southern accent. That's the key thing. But also, additionally, uh, it doesn't sound like Philip Gerard or other people that fans have speculated, oh, gee, maybe this is this is who's impersonating Jeffries here. I'm not sure what's going on here. I really don't have a read on that particular situation. It is worth noting, though, that when the character says, I'll be with Bob again, I think this is the first time Bob is mentioned in the series and the only time in parts one and two. Another thing I'm curious about is if there's anything to sort of be teased out about how Cooper walks around the Red Room, what he sees in what order, if that matters in some way. And I think John Thorne's going to be writing about these episodes or discussing them with someone soon. So hopefully he has something to say about all that. I think he's kind of the perfect one to to take a look at that, you know. Also, Cooper actually names the Black Lodge, which felt kind of jarring, honestly. It's It's not something Lynch usually referred to um you know he has one line about quote-unquote the lodge in firewalk with me doesn't even mention the black lodge but in this you have cooper say that place you know is the black lodge i'm supposed to go back there that that place people know is the black lodge you know he mentions it explicitly but he also says that place people know as the black lodge which suggests that's not like an official title that's just like something people have called this strange realm that that he's apparently going back to. One last thing about the Lodge lawyer. I find it interesting that as Cooper falls through space, you know, he's getting closer and closer. The camera is shaking. It's like, where is he going to go? Where is he going to go? And boom, we cut to the Palmer house. Thank you for listening. You can become a patron on patreon.com slash lost in the movies. Tomorrow's episode will cover the current events, uh, the historical context of when this series premiered. So what was in the cinema, what was uh, on TV, just, you know, a broad overview of that because I can't quite get into the detail with that that I used to uh, with the uh, seasons one and two. There's just too much to cover there. And uh, also what was in the news, what was on the cover of Time magazine and so forth. And there's some really quite interesting uh, topics considering things that came down uh, the line and in later years, and also reflecting back on some past years. But I won't say much more about it than that. You can check it out tomorrow on this feed. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to uh, help other people see this as well. 